prayer tonight. Let's stand up and we're going to make our confession. But um, I'm just going to be sharing. I don't know if it's just this week or not, but I feel like people need to be encouraged in their faith. Everybody say faith. <laughs> Uh, in fact, I believe God has said in 2018, we have to increase our faith. And I'm going to explain to you what I feel that means as individuals, you know, but as a church, uh, in your home, whatever that is, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so we need to be in a place where we're hearing the word of God. And the more often we hear it, the better off we are. Amen. Even if you just have to play it anywhere you are, just hear the word because the word has a life. Let's, let's do our confession before I preach my whole message before we say it. You're still standing. Here we go. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you will increase us in our faith. I know that that means we'll have a part to play in it, but you give more grace. You give us ability beyond what we can do when we put our confidence and our trust in you. So as we hear this word tonight, increase us in our faith. Increase us in believing you for those things that you've spoken. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Um, for the last two months or three uh, God has really been speaking to me about miracles, signs, and wonders. And if you're going to walk in that kind of a lifestyle, you have to have faith. Everybody say faith. You have to have faith. Uh, faith is not something that you muster up. It's something that God, uh, when, you, when God speaks to your word and you begin to release that faith to believe that word. Everybody say to believe the word. That's basically, faith is just believing what you can't see yet. So that means it's going to take faith, because that's what faith is, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I always say not yet seen, because, uh, you know, I know I'm taking a little bit of liberty there, but I know we're going to see it, just not yet. Everybody say, just not yet. And so faith is necessary for the church, because we operate in a different system. We operate in a system that's supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. And it doesn't operate by what man can do. It operates by what God can do. And God operates his system by faith. Everybody say faith. So um, when I was, I, I, last week, um, I, I started hearing this song, Mary, Did You Know? How, how many of you know that song? Mary, Did You Know? We're going to play that here in a second. But um, I don't. I think it just struck me. I don't know why. Like, do you really know? And that's the name of this series. Do, uh, did you know? Did you know? Did you know God has a plan? Uh, did you know God has a purpose? Did you know you're valuable to what God wants to do in the earth today? That's why you're here. You know, you weren't here born by accident in this time frame. There's a reason that you're here. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're valuable. You're valuable to the kingdom of God. And, uh, and so in this song, you know, I don't think Mary had any idea. Uh, I, I know that um, in the Catholic Church, you know, Mary is a very important person in the Catholic Church. But, but I heard Jack Hayford teach on that once. And he said, uh, Mary was just a person like you and me. She wasn't a perfect person. She wasn't a saint of, like, the saints that, that are talked about sometimes, St. Paul, St. Peter, we're all saints. Everybody say, we're all saints. Once we know Jesus, we, we are saints. But Mary didn't have any idea, just like you may not have any idea. And what I'm trying to say is, what God did with Mary, he'll do with anybody. Uh, I realize that she's been lifted up maybe, and the Bible says she'll always be known as the mother of Jesus, but not exalted to a place that makes it, it makes her different than who you are or who I am. In other words, God picks people. He, he picks people who walk in faith, who will say like Mary, I believe the handmaiden of the Lord. I, behold the handmaiden of the Lord. What she's saying is, I accept what you're saying to me. And she was just an ordinary person. Look at the person next to you and see if they're ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> 
my husband, all but my husband is ordinary in here. He's extraordinary. Hallelujah. Uh, but we're all, we're all just going about our lives. We're doing what we do. But what if our assignment to God is just as important as Mary's assignment was to God? And let's play this song. Just enjoy the song and the video that goes with it. Radiant light. Mary, my betrothed, you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen and the sweetest smile. Don't be afraid. I'm the Lord's servant. Help us! Please! Lady, I believe your son is the promised king of his people. What is his name? His name is Jesus. Your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to me? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby us to realize that we're just as valuable to him as Mary was. Whatever that assignment is, whatever it is that God has. Uh, and, the, and the question is, did Mary, did you know? I don't believe she knew the whole thing from the beginning. Although it says in Luke chapter 2 that she pondered the things that she heard in her heart. And so I believe she had some revelation of what her son was. 
because she'd been told by the angel, he's the son of God, he's the Messiah. But I don't know that she knew what that all would unfold to be. Um, as I was thinking about this message, and, and uh, I was praying about whether to even, what, what God wanted me to do, and Sunday, my husband was up here. How many of you were here Sunday morning? And uh, he started saying, he told some story, and then he said, you know, you know. And he kept going, you know, you know. And I felt like God said, I'm telling you, this is what I'm saying. Did you know? Did you know? And so I've, I feel like um, I just want to share with you the, how phenomenal God is when he has something that he's designed for someone to do in the kingdom of God. It has nothing to do with what you're doing right now, the ultimate outcome. We won't know the end of the story of your life till you go to be with Jesus. Just like we, we wouldn't know the beginning of Jesus' life that he was going to finish his life the way he did unless you had revelation from God. You know, even Jesus himself said, Peter, you wouldn't know who I am if the Spirit of God didn't reveal this to you. So there's a lot of things that God is doing in our lives that unless we get a revelation or we hear from God, then we can, in whatever season we're in in our life, think, well, I don't want to be in this season of my life. I mean, how did I get here? But I believe every season of our life has something to do with the outcome of our life and what God had planned as long as we're seeking him in that season and not thinking, where did God go? I've been in some seasons where I thought God went on vacation or God just gave up on me and said, sorry for your luck. You can't do this. But, but God never leaves me. Everybody say, God never leaves me. God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So, uh, you know, the most important thing is that you know what God is saying right now in your life. When, when the angel came to Mary, I don't know what she was doing, but, you know, it doesn't say she was trained to hear angels. It just says the angel showed up, and it said she was fearful. So it wasn't something she was accustomed to, you know, in a daily routine. I think that's what God does. He just shows up, and he says something to us that's so far out of what we're thinking at the moment that we have to stop. It can almost be a fearful feeling of, wow, you know, is that really God? How many of you have ever felt that way when you've heard something that God is speaking to you? Well, it says in John 16 that that's the job of the Holy Spirit. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. What is truth? What God says. For he will speak on his own authority, but whatever he... Whatever, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he'll tell you things to come. That's the first thing the angel said to Mary. I'm going to tell you what's coming. You are going to carry the son of God. It, it, there was nothing in her life that we see in the word of God. She wasn't even mentioned before that. She was mentioned all the way to the cross. She was at the cross. She was there when they took him down. She was there at the tomb. She was there but then all the epistles, everything else, you never hear of Mary again. I guess her assignment was complete. She did what God asked her to do. I don't know what she did after that. There's nothing recorded. But I, when you start thinking about her life and how God led her through that time, uh, I went to uh, a movie recently with the children and saw uh, the animals portray this. If you ever get a chance to see, is it the star, star? Yeah, it was so good. Uh, but, you know, it, it was just so special because you could see, you know, you saw that light. And it was God's plan to bring that baby to where he put it in that manger. Because the sacrifice in the Old Covenant was always coming out of the stable. It was a lamb. It, it was, uh, you know, a, it was a sacrifice of an animal. And so he would become the sacrifice so God arranged for him to be born in a stable. It wasn't because there was no room in the end. It was because God made no room in the end so he could be born in the stable. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so when you ask Jesus, it says in Jeremiah 33, 3, 33, 3, everybody says that's God's phone number. Now say this, Jeremiah 33, 3. That's how you call God. It says, call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You know, um, 
the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. I want to read you what that means. Knowledge, you know, you probably, I mean, everybody kind of knows what that means. Oh, you silly phone. Just a second. For some reason, it goes off even though I put it in there. Um, The fact or condition of knowing something with familiarity. You know, if you don't know the voice of God, you're not familiar with the voice of God, then you're not going to be sure you heard God. You become familiar with the voice of God. Just like, um, you know, I'm familiar. I, I know my husband's voice. I know my kid's voice. How many of you ladies or, you know, you're somewhere and somebody yells mommy and you know when to look? I mean, you know, there may be 50 mommies, but you know the one that's yours that's saying mommy because you know that voice. Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice. My sheep will know my voice. And so when you know his voice, that means a fact or condition of knowing something with familiarity gained through experience or association. Well, you know, we once we're born again, we are associated with God. We are children of God. So that that's given to us. But experience, everybody say experience. Experience comes from saying, okay, Lord, I'll do that. And everybody say, you do it by faith. Nothing God asks you to do is something that you're, you're going to know you've already done it. Oh, well, I can do that. Because things God asks you to do take you putting your confidence in God. So, you know, if you look at Mary, uh, when God said that to Mary, let's look at Luke chapter 1. I want to go there, and, and I put all that up in there, Vicki, so we could just go through it. <clears throat> Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Um, it says, um, in John 14, Jesus said to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Um, you know, as believers, it goes on and says then that we will do great and mighty works because he goes to be with the Father. He said, greater things will you do than I do because I go to be with the Father. But if you haven't seen or experienced the things of God in faith, in seeing God move on your behalf, then you're never going to do those greater works. And it says in Daniel, I read this in the... Is it? It's the new book uh, Bible that I got from Kenneth Copeland, a modern English version, I think it's called. Those who know him will be strong and take action. I've always heard the word do exploits, but everybody say take action. And when you take action, you're in faith. When you take action with God, you're not doing something you've practiced. Are you getting this? Because Mary hadn't practiced any of this. The angel just showed up. And, uh, and so in that song, Mary, did you know, I'm sure she would say, no, I didn't have any clue that this was going to happen to me. In fact, it wasn't supposed to happen to her because she was engaged to be married. None of it was supposed to be, I mean, none of it was done in the way that you're supposed to do it. How many of you know God doesn't always do it the way <laughs> it's supposed to be done? He doesn't always do it exactly the way people think it's supposed to be done. And in verse 26, um, or 30, let's see, 26, yeah. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, don't lose me because you know the story. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, you know, this would be like... Um, Sue's out selling a house, and Jesus shows up and says, Sue, you're highly favored, and starts talking to her about something she never heard of before, something she wouldn't even think she could do. Now, you know, that is a different kind of walk. Uh, I believe God does that kind of thing to people, and they don't even know it was him because they haven't experienced what is his voice. They just think it's an idea that they had that's absurd. I couldn't do that. Because, it, you know, they didn't actually experience an angel, but they heard something. How many of you know you've heard something? Yeah, I believe that this, I believe God's getting ready to call people on the things he's told them to do that they haven't done yet. Because it's critical that we begin to do what God's called us to do. And do it by faith. And it's going to look impossible because our world is going south. But the kingdom of God is going up. (laughs) The world is going this way, but the kingdom of God is coming up like this. Amen?
Well, that means we have to walk by faith. Because in this case, for God to accomplish what he wants, there's a teenage girl here who has to cooperate. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. If you get fearful when you think you've heard God, you're in good company. So did Mary. In other words, what God says to you ought to kind of go, who, me? Because it's going to take you into an arena of the supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. You know, I don't know how to get this across, but I know this is coming. Because I felt like God said to me, I don't want you to increase your faith because you're fearful of what's going to happen. Because what's going to happen will not affect you if you're in faith. What's going to happen is what you're in faith about is going to soar beyond what you see happening around you. And it will draw people to Jesus. But we have to be willing to make that effort to walk by faith and not by sight. And what we see is going gonna, gonna to push us backward. I'm sure for her, this was very overwhelming. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be pregnant. I'm going to conceive a child by the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be the Son of God and shall be called Jesus. He shall be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And by the way, he's going to be crucified, and you're going to watch it. Doesn't say that. He didn't tell her that part. But it was going to be part of the package. It was going to be part of what she would have to walk through to see God do what he said he was going to do. He will reign over the kingdom. Uh, he will reign over in his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? I do not know man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your, rel your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What did she say? I don't have a clue, but okay. The short version. <laughs> In other words, none of this makes any sense to me, but okay. Everybody say, you have to say okay. Okay puts you in the realm of faith. It immediately says, I am willing to walk by faith and not by sight. And uh, in that little kid movie, um, you see, you know, the, the trouble that they went through with, I mean, they used animals and, and it was all animated. But, you know, you see that the things that can come against you when you try to do what God tells you to do. That's a guarantee. Everybody say, that's a guarantee. The devil will bother you if you walk by faith. Uh, the devil doesn't really care if you walk by sight because he can control and manipulate your, the way you respond. But if you walk by faith, he will bother you. He will do things to try to distract you, to pull you off that plan. Um, as, I, as I was looking at this, I don't know why, but it says in Amos 3, 7, I, I just was reminded God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And if you study Old Covenant, from, from Genesis, when God decided how he was going to save us, how he was going to save mankind, from Genesis 3.15, when he declared that Jesus would come, he didn't say his name, but he, he made it clear that he was going to fix the problem. Of course, it took the whole Old Testament to, you know, get that accomplished. It was a lot of years before it happened. But it was continually spoken. Everybody say continually spoken. By the prophets, continually spoken. If you read all of the Old Covenant, you will hear about Jesus somewhere in that book. You will hear from the prophets. Uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all of them talk about him. Zechariah even said, you will find him riding on a colt into the city. He prophesied. He spoke. Everybody say he spoke. You know, his mouth, those prophets were called to speak in faith. Everybody say in faith. Now, they never saw it, but they were called to speak it. 
you know, uh, sometimes my husband and I, when we talk about that building that we're, you know, we believe is coming into this, into this church, it's coming. It's ours. However, if we never see it, we'll still be called accountable to say it. Are you getting this? Because sometimes we think, you know, well, if I, you know, I've, I've waited a long time. These guys waited a whole long time. Before the, before the angel showed up at Mary's door, I mean, just, we can't even hardly read through the Bible in a year. They had all those years of those prophets saying, he's coming, he's coming. And when he showed up, nobody even recognized him. But they kept speaking it. Everybody say, speaking it. And so when God calls on us to do something, the, the first thing we have to do is receive it and then speak it and begin to speak it. Mary spoke out of her heart. It's called the Magnifique or whatever they call it. But she says uh, in chapter 1, 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit is rejoiced in God, my Savior. He has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. She begins to say she has received what God has told her to do. She begins to rejoice in what God's told her to do. Even though she's going to ride a donkey nine months pregnant, I would not be singing if I had to ride a donkey nine months pregnant. And, and yet she's going, she has said, I'm willing, I'm willing. And, and she's received that. And, and she begins to speak it. Once Jesus was taken to the temple, Anna and, and the man that was in the temple, the prophet, they said, this is him. This is him. They, they begin to speak who he was. We have to speak what God tells us. That's why your words are so important. It's not just uh, you have to say it to believe it. You have to say it to bring it out, to bring it from the kingdom that's there down into the, into the earth. So you've got to say what God has said, even though it looks ridiculous. Now, you don't go tell everybody, okay? You know, Mary went to Elizabeth's house. She didn't go out in the street and start screaming, I'm having the Son of God, look at me, or any of that. She went to Elizabeth's house, and Elizabeth confirmed to her what was coming. There will always be somebody who will confirm to you what God has told you. There will always be someone. Now, it isn't going to be somebody who has never talked to God ever. It's not going to be somebody who's not experienced to know the voice of God. That's why when people begin to come against what you say, you need to know, are they experienced in hearing the word of God? Do they really have knowledge? I mean, they may know the word, but do they have an experience? Have they ever walked by faith? Or are they just a coach? In the, I mean, they're up in the stands, and they know what the referee should do and the coach should do and the players should do, but they don't even know how to dribble a basketball. And they're at a basketball game. You know, you've got to know. Everybody say, you've got to know. And I believe God prompted her to go to Elizabeth because what the angel said to her was, now Elizabeth, he brought it up in the conversation. She's six months pregnant. Well, now Elizabeth was old. And remember, her husband was full of doubt and unbelief, and he couldn't even talk. He could, they, God shut his mouth. Oh, that God would do, never mind, I'm not going to say How <laughs> I many of you got a few people you'd like God to shut their mouth? You know, but that's, you know, in that case, what he said could have presented a problem for what God was about to do. That's the only reason God did that. I mean, you know, he just couldn't let him speak something that was not truth, or God would not have done that. But Elizabeth was full of John the Baptist, who also, from all the prophets, had been talked about. And so she was experienced, and she, she had some experience. And when that baby leapt, she said, the Holy Spirit. See, she knew. Everybody say, she knew. I believe God will always send somebody to let you know, that's me. That's me. I think God delights in letting you know it's him. I think he, it, it blesses the Lord when we get to see that it's him. You know, I, I, think, I think it's fun to work with God. 
It's not always the way I do it, but it's fun to see how God makes it work. And so if you study you'll, in the Old Covenant, you'll find that all the time. But let me tell you what the Word of God says in Hebrews chapter 1. This is what it says in Hebrews 1. Say, now it's our turn. Uh, you don't have to be a prophet to work for God. Okay? It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in the time, in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. That's the Holy Spirit that has been deposited in you. That's because, remember the Holy Spirit, I read it at first at the very beginning, John 16, the Holy Spirit tells what the Word of God says or Jesus says, the Father says. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak from his own. He speaks what he has heard the Father say or the Son. So he, he speaks to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. He goes on to say that the angels are now ministering spirits for us. Now, I don't have time to teach on angels tonight, but angels are there. You know, I pray a lot for my grandchildren that the angels of the Lord are encamped around about them. Uh, because, you know, I've learned, I was young once, and I didn't always make the best decisions. How many of you know, you, you know, you didn't have all the information you needed, all the knowledge that you needed? And so I pray a hedge of protection. Uh, I pray the angels of the Lord are encamped around about them. And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow, but the voice of God, they will hear, and they will follow. Those are important things to do because we're protecting people from the enemy. And we all have the opportunity to miss it. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a good thing to do. But it says here that now God's going to speak through us. So there are prophetic people. There are fivefold ministry. There's prophets. There's teachers, evangelists, pastors. You know, there's all, evan uh, there's all apostles, all of that to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And part of that is to be the person speaking what God has told you he's going to do. Now, I'm preaching to myself through these because it can get to where you just are trying to do it yourself. You know the word, but you're not totally doing and saying what God said to say. And we can get, we can get distracted and speak other things. But I believe that we are coming into a day where our words are going to be very important. And they've got to be faith words. They've got to be what God said. And uh, so faith is the spoken word. This is what I heard. It connects the Holy Spirit's power with the word and brings forth the fruit. So faith, it's impossible to please God without faith. In other words, it's impossible to do what God wants unless you walk by faith and not by sight. Um, I just want to show you this because I've had so many things that God has done for me in my life that make me know that God knows where I am. I love that song, He Knows My Name, because I believe it. Uh, and I thank God for it, <laughs> that he knows where I am, because sometimes I have no clue when I'm, you know, where, I mean, I know where I am, but I, I'm, not, I'm not really aware of what's all going around me. How many of you know that's true in your life? And, um, I just, I, I had this story come from Kenneth Copeland, and I'm going to share it with you because I just thought it was so good. And then I want to share another story with you that uh, happened. I just had two things happen this week that just excited me so much because I knew that God knew where that person was, and he slipped in there. He, he brought information about this person to that person who knew nothing about this other person, but in the end, it protected somebody from a disaster that could have happened to him through somebody that didn't even know what was going on in the situation. He just, he just maneuvered people and, and made things known that needed to be known. We are living in a day where we need to know what we need to know. You know, we need to know, you know. I, when he started doing that on Sunday, I thought, yeah, I get it. I get it. I got to know. Um, but this man is, um, th this is a great story. And it, it's actually about multiplication. But um, 
this, this guy was in um, Australia, and he was a Catholic. His, the wife he married was a Baptist. They couldn't agree on anything spiritually, so they decided just never to talk about God. That's how they fixed that problem. And uh, so when he left home, he told his mom, it says, don't expect me at Mass. I honored you while I lived here, but church has no meaning to me. He and his wife. So they raised their children with no, nothing about God. And um, one day, uh, a lady who was a Christian uh, gave all of her materials to his wife's mother's brother. The wife's mother's brother gave it to the wife's mother. The mother thought it was so good, she gave it to the daughter. And the daughter began to read it, and it was uh, things from Copeland. It was his magazine. And it caught her attention. So she asked her husband if he'd watch a video with her. Well, he felt betrayed because they had made an agreement. No God. But he went ahead and watched the video. Mistake. (laughs) Not a mistake, really, because God got him in that video. And so they began to watch these videos of Kenneth Copeland. And he began to he began to grow in the, the knowledge of the Bible. And he said, it, in the first one he watched, Copeland threw down his Bible and says, you don't have to believe any of it. Go look it up for yourself. If you don't, you'll find out it's truth. He said, so I said to my wife, get a Bible. We're going to check all this out. And so in getting the Bible, he couldn't find anything that he said that wasn't the truth of the Word of God. And so at this certain, at, at about three months in, he said, I, to Jesus, driving to work, I believe you're alive. I believe you, you've been raised from the dead. I know what you've done for me. From this day forward, I'll live my life according to what you say in the Bible. And next, the next time the census comes around, I'm going to check Christian because that's what I am. That's all he said. And he goes on about his business, and he's growing, and he's, he's growing in the things. And they, they left Melbourne and went to where his father had a business, took over his father's business, became very wealthy, uh, had m- much property. Everything was going great. And he heard God say to him one day um, on the KCM website, um, he hooked into Jerry Seville somehow. And it said, uh, while he was looking at the article about his Bible school, the Lord said to him, uh, I want you to go there. Everybody say, that's, that's how God does, you know. Get something, he'll put something in your way. Just and, and There's no angel or anything, but he's watching this, and he hears that. And, of course, like all of us, he shut down the website. For weeks, the Lord continued to deal with him about attending Jerry's um, school. Finally, he said, I'll go next year. And God said, I want you to go this year. And he said, well, that's too fast. What will my dad think? I mean, my dad, he won't. How many of you know, these are the things that come. This is the what happens. And it says, he said, finally, if you want me there, then you need to help my dad do something. And he said, it was the hardest thing I had to do to tell him. And in the end, three of my brothers stepped up to help him. I didn't see how we could sell our house. It was a beautiful house. Long story short, before they could put it on the market, somebody saw it in the real estate office and bought his house. So he packed up, and he went to Texas with his wife and family. He got there. He had four kids. Um, he went to the, open, or the um, orientation meeting, sat down, and some guy who was from Australia started talking to him. Another person from Australia had come. They were a married couple. They had four kids. They had bought a house. They were ready to go to school, and they felt like they'd made a mistake and went back to Australia and had this house and didn't know what to do with it. By the time he left the orientation meeting, he had a house. So he finished school. But then toward the end of finishing school, he felt like God was saying, go back to Australia. Well, he said... The one thing he always wanted to do was work for Kenneth Copeland. And Kenneth Copeland was in Texas. So he did his resume, and he felt like God said, send your resume to Kenneth Copeland. So he did. And on the end of his resume now is graduated from Jerry Seville Ministry School. 
It goes to Copeland's office, and this was what was amazing to me in this article. My kids went to school, John did, with Derek Turner. Derek Turner was, uh, ultimately worked for Kenneth Copeland. And this is what this man says. Um, he, David had no way of knowing that in March 1999, while still at JSMI, the director of KCM Australia had gone home to be with the Lord. Derek Turner, then the international director of KCFM, had flown to Australia where he spent 12 weeks helping and interviewing candidates for the director's position. Now, he thinks he's never going to work for Kenneth Copeland because he's going back to Australia. Everybody say, God knows. He gets back to Australia. When Derek Turner returned to his office in Texas, he found David's resume. While he was reading it, the Lord said to him, this is the person you've been looking for. See, it's, it's the same as the story of Mary. But most people read the story of Mary and think, oh, gee, isn't that a beautiful story? Look what God did. But that's what God wants to do with all of us. All of us are valuable to the kingdom and what God's doing. So about this time, uh, Derek asked his assistant to contact him, make an interview, and he said, we were about to leave the country when I spoke to Derek Turner. We decided to meet in Sydney in July. During the interview, I learned that the former head director had to pass. Suddenly, the Lord's insistence that I leave JSMI when I did made so much sense. He didn't want to leave because he wanted to work for Kenneth Copeland. And God was trying to get him to work for Kenneth Copeland. Just not where he thought he was going to work for Kenneth Copeland. Are you getting this? See, the supernatural is so much further out there than where we live on a daily basis. He had it right. That desire in his heart to work for Kenneth Copeland was God's desire. It just wasn't where he thought it was going to be. And so I was hired for the director's position, which is in Brisbane, about 1,200 miles from our families and land we own. And my first day on the job, I was in Fort Worth, Texas at the Southwest Believers Convention which is Kenneth Copeland's big meeting that he has. And now, you know, he's, his whole family is saved. They're there in that city with him. You know, they're all uh, working for the Lord. He's still the director of that. But this is what he said. And, you know, sometimes you look at his life and think, wow. But what about the lady who gave him the books? He says, her seed caused me and my entire family to be saved. It impacted every area of our lives, our salvation, our gifts, our callings, and our finances. And it's still multiplying exponentially into eternity. Isaiah says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. We know that God's kingdom is always increasing and growing, but we didn't grasp what Mrs. Naylor realized that the same thing is true when we plant the seed of the word. It never stops multiplying. Mrs. Naylor's seed is still producing. See, God, you don't know, I mean, are you the Mrs. Naylor? Or are you the guy that's going to Australia? Every one of those things is just as important to God as the other. Nothing with God is small. Everything is vital to what God's going to do. And uh, I just, uh, when, I, when I was putting this message together, uh, I just always think about probably one of the most phenomenal, I guess maybe it's just the one that God brought to my mind. There's a lot of them. But um, God knows where you are tonight. Just let me tell you, he knows where you are. Um, I don't know how long ago, maybe three years ago, I would go to Happy Hollow in the morning and pray. Some of you heard the story. And um, I was sitting in my car praying, and I was always careful of my surroundings because in the wintertime when I go to the park, uh, there, wasn't always, there weren't always a lot of people around. But a car would drive in and then sit there. How many of you know cars today? You can't always see who's in the car. And uh, I was sitting there. And when I pulled in, there was a truck down from me, pulled in backwards, and it was all black glass. I, I couldn't see. And uh, it was a big red truck. And uh, I asked the Lord, should I leave? 
because I always ask the Lord, do I need to leave? I didn't feel to leave, but uh, I was aware that that truck was there. And uh, I got out of my, tr- of my car, and I went over to the restroom, came back, got in my car, and uh, opened up my Bible again, and I could tell somebody's walking toward my car. And I looked, and here came this man, um, a fairly big guy. I, I didn't know him. And he walked up to my car, and he said, um, I need help. And, and I felt like you could help me. And I'm losing my family, and I'm losing my business, and I don't know what to do, and I feel like you can help me. I'm thinking. Now, that's about like an angel showing up. For me, I mean, how would he know to come to me? I mean, I didn't have my Bible up in the window going, I'm a preacher. If you need something, just come over. I mean, I wasn't doing anything that would indicate to him that I was who I was. And I said, well, sure. You know, I'll pray with you. And I asked him his name. He gave me his name, his first name. And he said, "Uh," and I believe it was his mom who had died. And he just, he just started crying. This big burly guy, you know. So I'm in my car. I've got my hand. I got him. I got his hand, and I'm praying with him. And I said, when I got all done, I said, now listen. I said, my husband, and I pastor church. This is where we are. If you need us, we will try to help you. Jesus knows where you are. But my wife, she's gone. To, she's going to divorce me. She is because she goes to church and I didn't go with her. And I mean, his story was just, I mean, I was just, I mean, I was about to sob. And, you know, but all the time I'm thinking, this is God. How did God know that he was going to show up and I was going to show up and he was going to make this happen if he's not God who did that? You know, I don't have a big bumper sticker that says pastor on board. You know, they put baby on board, nothing on my car. It was God that made him get out of that truck. And, and he said, I don't want to scare you. That's the first thing he said. I don't want to scare you. I just need help. Can you help me? Uh, and long story short, my husband, he called us. And, and we ministered to them. It was, it was a really hard thing. But do you know, they stayed with it. They went out to faith. Uh, that's where she attended at the time. They went through the counseling Today, they are prospering. Their little three-year-old boy that was going to end up with a dad in the house and all these things that were going to happen. And by all that had happened, it could, have, it could have been done. But God had something for that family, and he made a way for them. And it was just because I was sitting in my car in the park where I was supposed to be, and God knew where I was to come get me to help somebody that needed help. Now, I'm nobody special. Uh, you're as valuable. I mean, we're all valuable to God. But those are the kind of things that had I not been familiar with the voice of God, had I not been uh, experienced in hearing his voice, I could have I left the park, you know, because I could tell there was something, uh, uh, something was happening. I could sense it. But I didn't know what it was. But I asked God, and I wasn't afraid. Do you see what, do you see what I'm saying? That in that atmosphere of the supernatural, it's not like the natural. So you have to learn to experience it to be able to walk by faith in it. And then to be able to know what God's saying to do in that situation. I believe there's buds all over the place. There's situations all over the place. And the darker it gets, the lighter God is, I mean, the more light God's going to shine. I believe that because he'll protect, he will try to protect us and he'll try to protect other people. But I believe we're living in a day where I'm asking you, did you know what God really has for you? I mean, are you, Mary, did you know, uh, did you know that you're really called to be Mrs. Naylor, the one that passes on the material that one day will bring a director of a place in Australia. I will always know my husband, when he said he was going to Sudan, he would always say, those children are being trained up 
to be leaders in the nation of Sudan. He has said that from the very day that we started. And when Corey wrote the song, it's, it's about being a blessing to the nation, that they're being trained up to take positions in that nation. We will never know. One of us may be holding the name and sponsoring an orphan that one day, right now it looks like the Sudan isn't going anywhere but in the toilet. As far as their government, the, the fighting and all the things that are going on, but the end of the story hasn't been written yet. And we have to walk by faith and not by sight to see God do what he wants to do. Would you stand with me tonight? I want to pray for you. Because I believe that um, when God is moving in our lives, there's always opportunity for failure. <laughs> Everybody say failure. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes we don't get it the first time. And then we have a, a, a failure, and, and it makes us want to shrink back and not try again. But, but God isn't disappointed, I don't believe, with our failures. As long as we repent for whatever our part was in it that was wrong, he wants us to get up and try again. You know, follow me again. Don't just sit down and give up on yourself, because God will never give up on you. Whatever it is that God's asking you to do, in the season you're in. And I believe if you're here tonight, God's asking you where you are. There's, there's things he wants you to become aware of that are going on around you that have nothing to do with what you see every day. And if we begin to ask him, what are those things? I begin to get up in the morning now and say, God, just show me what you need me to do today. <laughs> because I, I can get a list going. How many of you can be a list maker? And I just get agitated when somebody gets me off my list. But God doesn't always follow that list because there's something that comes up that he needs us to be the miracle for that person that's out there that needs us. Just like the angel showed up for Mary. Angels may show up in your situation, but you don't know it, but you might be the angel God wants to use for somebody's situation. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person here tonight. And I thank you, Lord, that we will know, we will have knowledge, that we will not perish. Like it says in Hosea, my people perish. My, my people uh, resist. It says that my people resisted my knowledge, therefore they don't have my knowledge. We won't be people who resist the knowledge of God. But we are people who listen for what you're saying. And then we operate based on what you've said. And not what we feel, not what we see. Um, I want to pray for you tonight, uh, and I know this is, I haven't taught on forgiveness in this message, but unforgiveness will stop you from following what God says to do. And the enemy will always try to offend you, to get you off track. Offenses are the biggest reason people stop doing what God has asked them to do. Uh, simply put, people get their feelings hurt. Uh, people uh, think they think things that maybe aren't even truth because they begin to look at what they see. Once they get offended, everything comes through that filter. And, and God has things for us to do. That the walk of love to overcome those offenses is absolutely necessary to stay in faith. So I would like to pray for you tonight. If you're here, and there's any offenses, any situations or circumstances where you feel like if those people had done what they were supposed to do, I wouldn't be in the mess I'm in. That is an offended person. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're offended because then your, your life is being ruled by somebody else's choices. So those, those are people who are offended. If you're offended, then you're not going to be able to hear what God is saying. How many of you know that is you? I, I, I know that's me. Yeah, I see your hands. I want you to come down here because we're going to pray. and God's going to get that offense. You're going to get rid of that offense tonight. In Jesus' name, we're going to pray. And that thing has got to go off your life in order for you to be free. And, it, you know, when you forgive people, you don't forgive. You don't maybe feel forgiveness, but it's a choice. It's, it's just I choose to forgive Lord, I ask you to forgive them. I forgive them. And I will take responsibility for myself now and be who I'm supposed to be. In Jesus' name.
And I thank you tonight in Jesus' name. Let's just stretch our hands out toward those that have come. And if you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus, I need you to come down here now because we're going to pray with you. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've never received Jesus, I don't want you to leave tonight without making that decision. Now, I want a believer to come and stand behind each person, woman with woman, man with man, okay? And we are going to pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight that these offenses are going to be stopped in the name of Jesus over the lives because of these, these situations have caused destruction in Jesus' name. Let's say this, all of us. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me. My sins have been forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. And tonight, I choose to forgive, not because the person deserves it, but because I'm called to be like you. And you chose to forgive. You chose to forgive me. You chose to forgive those who crucified you. So I choose to forgive those who have hurt me, who have wounded me, who have spoken things to break my heart, to tear down my heart, to tear down my hope, to assault my dreams. In Jesus' name, I choose to forgive. I choose to let them go. They are free from me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. They are free from me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. They are free. I set them free from me. They have no hold on me. They will have no hold on me. I release them in Jesus' name. I release them in Jesus' name. I release them in Jesus' name. I let them go in the name of Jesus. I release them in the name of Jesus. 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 I come against hardness in the name of Jesus. That is, it's like a protection, but actually, it's killing you. It's killing you. It's killing who you are. And that's the devil in Jesus' name. I take authority over that. You're not going to feel it, Ashley. But God is going to take that away in Jesus' name. It has to go in the name of Jesus. I break that shell. I break that hardness in Jesus' name. I send the love of God into that place to cause that to break and come away. Come away from her in Jesus' name. 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 In Jesus name. I pray for you. The Bible says he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set them free. That means he released them. And you have to release in order for him to release. And in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I believe that there will be a release of that offense in Jesus' name so that you can walk free to hear the voice of God and know the decisions that you have to make. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Everybody say this with me. I choose to forgive. I choose to walk in love. I release people who have offended me, who have spoken against me, 
Now, I just want you to take a minute. If you were coming to my, into my office for a counseling session, this is what I would say. Close your eyes and ask God, who is it that's offended you that you're upset with? So just do it right now. It's not a, it's not a hard procedure, but those become soul ties. They will hold you. They will destroy you. They will take you down because it's the devil and not people that have done that to you. And whoever that is, right now with your eyes closed, just say, Father, I choose to release them from having a hold on my life. I want them to be free. I am free. And he who the sun sets free is free indeed. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Go and be blessed. God will take care of you. Oh, <laughs>